0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This is Coogan Cassius for IFO TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Do you remember, I actually remember, you will probably remember, when um, Fury fought Chisora in yep. the rematch and yep. they yep. did it in the cinema. Yep. Um, we're back in the cinema here now. Um,
1: Adam Smith, how are you, first of all? I'm really good. I'm really excited about today. Uh, it's a different uh, press conference setup, up. Uh, and that's great because Boxer are innovating and trying different things out, which is fantastic. And we have to five weeks on from uh, the fight night, obviously, that never happened at the O2 on September the 10th. And uh, we go again. So, And it was the press conference this time five ye- uh, weeks ago where... Uh, there were three press conferences it was really engaging stuff we had the undercard the olympians and then obviously uh, the main protagonists and um real fun and fireworks and then of course we came off the dais and had the the terribly sad news that the, the queen had been taken ill and uh subsequently obviously the 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 nation stopped so the board i always felt made the right decision that week it was very difficult for the fighters but they uh they took it extremely professionally and as you know it's a sport like no other and you're focused for that one moment and obviously there's making weight and everything else but they uh, they were brilliant they understood it the uh, the nation mourned for for 10 days and uh, and rightfully robert smith made the the decision to call boxing off for that weekend and um i think it would have been difficult to continue because of course the, the nation was reflecting there was uh, you know huge amounts going on and i think in everybody's lives and This is a celebration, Coogan, this week. This is the the first time ever that there's been an all-female card in the UK. It's something uh, many of us have wanted for a long time, Uh, many of us who have advocated uh, women's boxing. um, We had Savannah Marshall as a scholar back in 2012, Katie Taylor turned professional in in 2016 with Eddie and Matchroom and us, and we've had the likes of Terry Harper and Chantelle Cameron and obviously Tasha and everybody come through, and it's been a wonderful boom for... for for women's boxing and at a time where women's sport is absolutely flying with the lionesses the cricket the rugby the the netball everything else it's time for our elite athletes to have their moment their stage and I think this is a a pivotal moment for women's sport Uh, not only have we got a huge fight with Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall 10 years in the making the rematch from uh, that fight in, in May 2012 where you know Savannah inflicted the only defeat on Clarissa in what 78 amateur fights and 12 professional fights and uh, they meet again so that's got everything so too has the chief support the co-main event with uh, Michaela Mayer and Alicia Baumgardner and no love lost there another unification more world title fights on the line and then you look at the stack card featuring you know the greatest talent we've got and um, it was brilliant that we signed Caroline Dubois Fantastic! I, I pushed Ben Shalom extremely hard to sign the dynamic duo of Lauren Price and Karis Artingstall, who I think are, are going to go, you know, do huge things not only in boxing but in uh, in sport generally. And uh, I think it's a real a real stage for them. You had April Hunter, you had Shannon Ryan, you had Georgia O'Connor, and you know so many others. Ebony Jones. It's fantastic. I think it's wonderful for for us all to be celebrating something this week. And uh, what has been a difficult couple of weeks in boxing. That's not hide away from. From that it 's been really uh, really difficult for us all uh, whether we were involved or or weren 't and um, you know to see the the, the pages dominated in uh, in the papers by by bad moments for, for boxing. It's good to um, to be able to hopefully have a, a fresh new week and, and celebrate something this week. And it's great that Matchroom, who obviously had a difficult week last week, are here. I've seen Frank Smith. I know Eddie's in Australia, but they're here for Alicia Baumgartner. We've got Todd DeBurf over for Michaela Mayer. Dimitri Salita with Clarissa. It's almost like all promoters are coming together. So let's hope that we get a really smooth build-up this week. I'm sure we will. And on Saturday night, we have an epic, epic night. And a night that will you know, change things for women's sport that's what we're uh, we're here to try and do
0: let's kind of track back because um, it's not fashionable anymore to give credit to anyone but I will say that the fact that you managed to within the space of four or five weeks uh, secure a date for all these girls uh, from kind of what happened which was out of everyone's control with the, the passing away the sad passing away of the Queen um, but you moved very quickly to secure a date for the 15th of October which is this Saturday uh, which is not really known that kind of short uh, time space to with venues and just kind of a lot of fighters were based in America etc the whole logistics around it You did very well to actually get that show so quickly on which is taking place this Saturday at the O2.
1: Yeah I was trying to think of other shows that have been sort of rescheduled and, and people were saying have you been as excited for something that's happening second time round and of course I've been a involved as you have Coogan for many years in this sport and we've had um, real difficulties. We've had OBs being caught off at the last minute because we had a, a indoor water in Middlesbrough. We have lights go out. I remember Elephant and Castle in the middle of a, a David Starry fight. We've had fighters not come out of, of changing rooms for various reasons. We've had all sorts of things and hiccups and difficulties to overcome sort of in the last few hours, but actually to sort of call a a show off or postpone it and then redo it just five weeks later with every single sort of female fighter back. I mean, all the fights are holding together. That's not, that's nothing to do with me. That's testament to the promoters, managers, trainers and the fighters themselves who are so gung-ho on this event happening. I think that's the important thing. Caroline Dubois told me yesterday she had to be on this event before... And again, there was no way she wasn't going to be. She's like, even if I'm not feeling 100, you know, I've got to be on this card. And I think Lauren and Karis, for example, don't want to fight on the same night. They want to to take their their careers in slightly different directions with them supporting each other at ringside on different nights. One of the agreements was that Lauren and Karis wouldn't fight on the same night. They are, because they realise the importance of what is now, what was September the 10th, but is now October the 15th. So I say hats off to everybody that's worked so hard to put this on, this brilliant event on together with so many different promoters, and the fact that all the fighters wanted to come back and complete what they started. I think that's a a terrific testament to everybody involved.
0: Normally, we are talking about the main event, and the main event this week, rightfully so, but... The co-main event, which equally could have been a main event between, as you mentioned, between Mayor and Bal Gardner. I mean, these girls generally don't like each other, and they're two kind of of the best fighters in the sport, uh, regardless of men and women. We're just talking about two great fighters. Um,
1: yeah, that's a solid main and co-main there. And they're two great young ladies, full of character, and they're so nice. It's amazing that they've just sparked off each other this, this fuel, this, this dislike, this lack of respect. Because actually, you take them individually. I mean, I've commentated with Michaela. She's absolutely brilliant in that department, by the way. I think she's going to be a superstar way beyond boxing. And as for Alicia, she is, I've got to know her, obviously, five weeks ago and this week. And she's fabulous, absolutely brilliant. They both are. Um, but they've got this, this... Well, the wrong chemistry, haven't they? Which is uh, just lighting the fire for a, a fight that doesn't really need any selling. It's uh, it's a wonderful unification at super featherweight, and it's got a terrific clash of styles. You know, is Michaela you know, slightly tied at the weight? We know she wants to move up. Um, is she is she a little bit technically better than Alicia, who came over, of course, into? The backyard of Terry Harper and of uh, and, and, and course that stunning victory so I'm really looking forward to that fight, um, I like both of them and I like personalities and you know me Coogan, I like stories in, in, uh, in boxing, in sport generally and I think this is a great story as is the main event between Clarissa and Savannah, which um, obviously we've known about since 2012 when we first took Savannah on as a Sky Scholar and it was just after, not only had she beaten Clarissa but then she froze, she didn't go on to, to do anything at the Olympics and it was a terrible uh, event for her and it took two or three years to build her confidence back and then obviously Peter Fury has uh, you know injected a whole new life to, to Savannah and a belief in her talent and she's a completely different person these days and it's fantastic to see so with that confidence that power and that skill set against the wonderful quote Clarissa Shields who's got incredible personality charisma Qualities. She's a wonderful, wonderful athlete, and uh, and she's got everything to win this fight on Saturday. But then so too is Savannah. So I cannot wait. they're two fights you can't pick, and uh, yeah, you're right. They could have topped any event anywhere around the world. Either of them.
0: Right, stick it on you now with a, a difficult question here. Who's the best female fighter in the world? Is it Clarissa Shields or is it Katie Taylor?
1: I've got to go with Katie Taylor. I mean, I'm. You know, I have a very big soft spot for Katie Taylor. She's a, she's a friend of ours as well as obviously somebody that I've worked with and followed for a long time. Um, obviously, she went off to, to work on Dezone and with Matrim and Eddie, and um, I'm hoping I can get to the, the fine art at Wembley on October the 29th. I think that she is um, a phenomenon. Katie Taylor, for what she's done for women's boxing, full stop. I think because of the longevity of her, Clarissa has been unbelievable. So too Amanda Serrano, so too Tasha Jonas, so too many others. And uh, it's a very difficult question to answer, just like who's the best pound for pound fighter in the world? You know, you, know you, you, you thought for many years, for me, it was Floyd Mayweather. Now people are saying, you know, is it Canelo? Is it Spence? Is it Crawford? Is it Usic? You know, who is? Spencer Oliver. Spencer Oliver, maybe not. <laughs> is it Spence? Is it Crawford? Is it, you know, who, who's the best pound for pound fighter in the world? It's almost like, who's the best uh, female fighter? It's a very difficult one to answer. They're totally different weight divisions, and Clarissa Shields has been you know, incredible for the sport, only that one defeat, a multiple-weight world champion. And if she goes on and beats Savannah and, and, and you know, retires undefeated, you know, she'll always believe she's the quote. For me, Katie Taylor did so much in the amateurs, and, and maybe that's, you know, having seen that and seen the development in Ireland, but you know, to be a, a five-time world champion, a six-time European champion, carry the flag for Ireland, I think... You know, to, when, when she started, it was she had to dress up as a boy. She was Kay Taylor for two years. It's an unbelievable story, Katie Taylor's story. And, um, you know, she's still going from strength to strength. So I narrowly say Katie and, and Clarissa might. You know might not talk to me after that for this, but I 'm a huge admirer of Clarissa Shields, but also not only what she does in the ring Clarissa what she stands for in life I think she's uh, an incredible she 's an advocate of Flint Michigan you know she is a, a role model she's had an incredibly difficult upbringing and and she found boxing and she found a way but a double Olympic champion and a multi time uh, you know world champion she is arguably quote and, and the best and I can see why people say that but for me, the Katie Taylor journey, and maybe it's because I've been slightly closer to it, is still something which I think is um, is uh, is just unbelievable. Well, one thing
0: I will say, we'll talk about Katie Taylor and um, Clarissa Shields there, but someone that will be definitely aiming to put themselves in the mix will be Savannah Marshall this week. She'll be looking to dethrone Clarissa Shields, and uh, she's up for it. She was up for it back in September and she'll be up for it this weekend
1: Savannah Marshall and Tasha Jonas have been wonderful additions for for Boxer and for Sky in the last year Um, look at what Tasha's done winning a world title and then unifying and now she's going for a third Uh, it's incredible and she's doing so much great work as well um, behind the scenes for Sky and and in commentary Um, Savannah Marshall you know Sky go back with her a a huge huge amount of time and uh, I'm just really proud of her I think she's uh, She's developed that confidence, that talent that I knew she always had. Uh, but she's done it. You know, she did it the hard way. She went out to America. She had some time with Floyd Mayweather in Vegas, and she took herself out of her comfort zone. She then um, hooked up with Peter Fury, and I think that's sometimes there's just a chemistry. There's a match made in heaven between, you know, a trainer and a fighter, and um, sometimes it's it's. You're born with that. It's genetics like it was with Joe and Enzo Calzaghi. But I think with with Peter and Savannah, there is something, there's an understanding there. It's almost like not only is he a trainer, but he's like an older brother or a father figure who's so calm in the corner. And it's almost like, I think this is really important for this particular fight. Yeah, if savannah marshall pulls it off and becomes the undisputed middleweight champion it will be an unbelievable story as well for a, a girl that had to fight her way through through hartlepool for the boxing club there but i think she needs peter fury in this fight she needed her, she needed him in this in the hannah rankin fight that was her breakthrough night and i was worried about those first two or three rounds and you know with with in the old days in the amateur days When she had frozen in the Olympics, she'd go to an amateur tournament, Coogan, and she would sometimes get beaten in the first round. Or, if she got through that first round, she'd go on and win it, or she'd medal. And it was like, what is the difference? How do you do that? What is the confidence? What is the mindset? And I think sometimes with Savannah, it's about how she starts a fight. I think it's different now. She's got a different self-belief. I think she believes she can beat Clarissa Shields. She's done it in the amateurs. I think she's absolutely, totally confident that she wins on Saturday night. But for me, it's about the start. I think if Clarissa gets a really good start... I expect her to. It's about how Peter and Savannah deal with that. 20 minutes is a short time in boxing. A lot of the women want three-minute three rounds. It's not happening. They're 10-2s. Clarissa gets off to a very good start. What you don't want to happen is Savannah to get low in the corner and that confidence. So Peter's got a very important job. We all think it will be a fight of two halves. Clarissa will probably have the better half of the first, the first part of the fight and, and uh, Savannah the second half. But who knows? Savannah's the biggest punching female on the planet, in my opinion. Clarissa is arguably the most skillful. Um, she's a phenomenon in her own right, and she's a, a master at these, around these weight classes. Um, she's fabulous. So it's a 50-50 fight, and I'm hoping that there's a rematch and a trilogy if it's as good as we, uh, we expect it to be, Coogan.
0: Not long to find out. Um, Adam, I do want to touch on, obviously, what you mentioned. as uh, a bit of a, a bleak week for... British Boxing last week um, with the situation regarding Conor Ben's foul drug test which subsequently um, ended kind of the fight uh, well the fight not happening should we say between him and Chris Eubank first of all would you say that that was the right call in the end from whoever made that call that that fight did not take place on Saturday night last week
1: Absolutely, and we go back to the week before, or the two or three weeks before, when we had all the back and forth with Fury and and AJ, and obviously a different week last week. But it's not been a great time for boxing, and everybody knows that. I picked up Boxing News this morning, and it's it's sad to read. And it's just difficult to sort of fathom it all out and, and understand it, because... There's just so much involved in in all of this. It's a difficult sport. It's a political sport. Um, Everybody's got their own business in this sport. And i take you back to the week before with with Fury and AJ. And and we have no... It wasn't going to be a Sky fight. It was going to be a BT and and DAZN fight. And I, for one, was really excited about that fight coming off. I I knew that Tyson wanted the fight. I knew that Anthony wanted the fight. And um, although I wasn't directly involved, I was certainly very much for you know if there's anywhere I could sort of help and and try and, and and make a fight that the fans wanted obviously it wasn't down to me but ultimately that that was a disappointment for me I would love to have seen that fight happen it looks like Fury fights Chisora and AJ fights either in December or in the in the new year and they'll go different routes again and and for the fans that's disappointing and for the fighters that's disappointing because they both wanted it but I understand there's um you know there's different um the different viewpoints from managers, trainers promoters, everyone's got and, and I wasn't involved in, in the contractual sort of back and forth and you know, I heard things and I was hoping that it would all but there was time limits and, and ultimately that didn't happen and I, I felt really disappointed with that and then to, to have last week I was really excited about the fight um, obviously there was a, a lot about the weight Difference and Spencer Oliver's been very vocal about the fact that he felt you know Chris probably shouldn't be coming down to 157. But that was that was part of the deal that he would come down slightly and Connor would come up. And you know, when the fight was first announced, and I, I saw Connor a few weeks back and I saw Chris and when the fight was first announced I thought, wow, you know, it's it's a big it's a big test this for Connor Ben. And um, you know, I I'd, I'd have Chris a favourite because of the experience and the skill set and the size, but you know, they made this this the weight conditions I wondered sort of how the board would find that how you know they they move along with it but obviously the fight was was announced it was a fight I'd love to have had on Sky let's be honest and uh, it was a fight that I think Eddie and Calla did a a great job of actually making Um, and it got everybody talking again and it's uh, you know we can be very close to the trade and, and talk about fights week in week out and the development of boxers but ultimately you do need every once in a while. A fight that catapults the, um, you know, the casuals into it. And whether that's a a Fury AJ or it's a Eubank and Ben scenario. And we all grew up on those fights and, um, you know, we all had our favorites. And, you know, that's history and legacy. And uh, it was an incredible sort of almost like fantasy fight that became reality. So I think for both Fury and AJ not to happen and then Eubank and Ben not to happen for different reasons was really disappointing.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner.
1: Um, as far as the developments last week I was a fan I was going to the fight with my son he just had his 15th birthday he was really excited about it and um, I came back from from the office, he came back from school and he said, Dad I hear that Conor Ben has failed the test, uh, that means the fight's off, and I said, well I think so, but they're not calling it off yet, so we don't know we wait and see, it's not my fight so ultimately it's it's their decision about whether they go on for it. So I don't know. And he said, but you can't have the fight because one of them's failed a the drugs test and whether he's guilty or not, we don't know. I suppose there's going to be an investigation. This is my son talking. There's going to be an investigation. I guess he'll have a, a right to plead his innocence or guilt. And, and I thought, yes, absolutely, there's a process to go through. But he said, but if he's failed a test, you can't. the other Chris can't fight him because it won't be fair. I mean, that's sort of a 15-year-old view, a simplistic way of going about it. The fight can't happen. And that's sort of, I think, what we all felt, that the fight couldn't happen at that point. Um, Did we want it as fans to happen? Did I want to be at the O2, you know, with 20,000 people seeing it? Everybody wanted to. And that's, I think, why we were so disappointed that it wasn't going to happen. The board made absolutely the right call. And the promoters eventually made the right call too. Um, the fight couldn't go ahead, like it couldn't go ahead five weeks ago with the women for different reasons, and shouldn't have gone ahead, and it didn't. It couldn't have gone ahead last week, and and sense prevailed in the end. But it was it was very difficult to to watch it all unfold um, from afar. I've worked with Conor Ben since he was very young, and um, I like him very much, and I like Chris very much, and it was very difficult to get. Your head around it because I was very surprised when I heard that he'd failed the drugs test. I wouldn't have I, I wouldn't have just it was a real shock. Um I, I you know I can't comment Kugan on those tests. I wasn't involved. I'm not involved. That is something for, for Vardy, UCAD, the board, the promoters, um the lawyers, everybody. Connor Ben has obviously come out, he's messaged me, he said I'm very diligent about what I take and um I will you know I'll prove that this will all be proved that it's it's not what it looks like um, but he's failed a drugs test and ultimately that stops the fight and um, you know, you've got to try and get to the bottom of it. It's a, a very difficult situation. It was a bad week for boxing and um, I feel for everybody involved um, but obviously we hope for better times going forward starting with this week where, we need something good to happen in boxing, and I think it will on Saturday night.
0: Adam, I will refer to um, a situation, not similar, but a situation that you um, were, say you were in, but I suppose Matching Sky were in, uh, in 2019, with the situation regarding Dillian White, who, after what we're talking about regarding Oscar Rivas, was subsequently cleared of all charges, um, or whatever kind of things were against him w- were cleared uh, a few months after. But um, that fight did go ahead uh, on the night. We didn't actually learn, and when I say we, I don't know who we is, but the public obviously didn't learn about that situation until the week after the fight. So could you make comment on that?
1: Yeah, and, and I think, first of all, before that, you said that Dillian was cleared of everything, and ultimately that's what Connor believes he's going to be. So... We can't really get involved until that process all happens. I mean, a lot of people are saying, obviously, you know, ban him or, or this or that or whatever. But ultimately, I don't know. I'm not a, 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 an expert. And it's the board and the VADA and UCAD. It's, it's their situation to sort out with the promoters. What I do know is that there is no place for drugs in this sport. And that, I think, everybody is in universal agreement. That's why Spencer Oliver's is so passionate at the moment about the fact that he nearly died in the ring with dehydration. So he was looking at the sort of Chris Eubank weight making thing and he's saying that you've got if you've got drugs in your system as well, then you know this is extraordinarily dangerous sport. I think drugs have no place in any sport, full stop. There has to be there have to have clean athletes everywhere. But in boxing it's just it's horrendous if you think that. Um, there is no time and no place. Um but as you said, Dillian got cleared after that. Um, the fight went ahead because the board um, are the governing body in the country. The board decided last week that they were going to prohibit it. There was rumours that it would go to Luxembourg and other things. Thankfully, uh, Eddie and Callum made the right decision. It didn't, it didn't happen. Um, and that was right. And as far as you know, I'm concerned, looking back at the, the white rebass situation, the board had the fight go on. We covered the fight. I think it was Thomas Hauser who broke the story the week afterwards and then it got dealt with. So, And ultimately, Dillian was found innocent and and that's that. So, yeah, ultimately, we look to the board at every single time, whether it's if there's a situation that occurs and it's often often not one that we as broadcasters um, get involved in or some promoters obviously have to. I mean, for example, I think... The the emails or the the test results would have gone to the board and the promoters of, of Conor Ben and and they would have decided or they did decide how that process went ahead and when that story came out from the Daily Mail and then it all obviously uh, exploded onto everyone's scene. But ultimately, you know, sense prevailed. The board made the right decision and and the promoters pulled the fight and there was no other commission. So. The board allow the fights to go on. That's what we are. We're broadcasters. We're not governing bodies, Coogan. Ultimately, the British board decide when they when they find something out, if there's adverse findings, if there's whatever, they make a decision about whether that event goes ahead, not the broadcasters or the promoters. The, the board do, and the promoters actually this time listened to the board or they didn't go um, into another commission, and um, that was the right decision as well, I thought. So, yeah, the fact that people found out after White Rivas well, I think it was Thomas Hauser said, then obviously there was an investigation. But uh, no, the board allowed that fight to go ahead. And with the board, Robert Smith, uh, the General Secretary, who does such an incredible job and a very difficult job um, governing the sport in this country. And remember all the, the great things that, that they've done over the years and the improvements in, in, in the medical side. And nobody wants drugs in the sport. Nobody wants problems. But ultimately, sometimes there are and the board have to be the administrators. They have to be the ones who have no agendas um, to different fighters or to different promoters or broadcasters or ever. They have to be the ones that sit in the middle. And you know, it takes me back to five weeks ago when you know Robert said that he felt he had seven shows, the Friday nights and the Saturday nights in the... In the wake of what happened with the Queen's passing, that he had to deal with, and the fact that he had to make a decision, and different sports were doing different things, and, and he made, or he along with the board made the decision that the the, uh, the events wouldn't go ahead. He said last week that it was uh, they were prohibiting this fight from going ahead with, with Eubank and, and, and Ben. Obviously, the difficulty was the 24 hours or so after that where would it, wouldn't it, there were other commissions going on. But I think everybody saw sense in the end. The fight didn't happen, right decision for boxing. And, um, and yeah, with, with any situation that, that, that crops up, and um, it has to be dealt with by the board. That's the most important thing. We're the broadcasters, as I say. There are promoters um, who obviously are pushing their fighters and we're pushing the fights to go on if they can go on. But if they can't go on and there are reasons for them not to go on, that the board say that is not acceptable, then we have to listen to the board because they are the governing body. And, and ultimately, it's difficult in boxing because there's so many different boards you know, around the world. There's the Nevada Commission, the New York Commission. There's so many different ones around the, the different countries. And sometimes you think... You know, getting them together and, and having some sort of you know, universal board but it's very hard and, and the British board I think are the best in the world uh, they've proved it over countless years of, of administering this sport uh, in a brilliant way in this country sometimes there are very bad weeks sometimes there are um, difficult you know, ones to process for a number of different reasons and there's a lot of money lost by promoters and fighters and, and that's hard but ultimately the safety the health of the athletes and the uh, the right decisions from the administrators have to be made, um, and that can be really tricky sometimes, but that's what we do. We listen to the board, and when the board allows an event to go on, they allow the event to go on, and we can broadcast it. Okay, Adam, listen, I'll just um, kind of finish off on this by um,
0: asking your opinion, obviously, on uh, Chris Eubanks, Senior, who was on Talk Sport today with Simon Jordan and... Spencer, did you hear his comments today?
1: I heard some of them, and I heard um, on I think Spencer Fearin's show the other day. Um, difficult to hear, and and you know he's been through a huge amount, Chris Senior. Um, obviously, actually, he was he was one of my heroes when I was a you know teenager at university. I, I looked up to Chris. I ended up working with him, and you know when I worked with him at the end of his career, he'd obviously the the Michael Watson event had happened, and you know i think he 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 looked even at his own performances in the ring in a very different way after that so yeah he's obviously been around tragedy in in the sport um and obviously the the worst thing that could have happened to him happened last year with the loss of his own son with sebastian which was uh horrendous and um you know our hearts have been with the eubank family all all year and uh yeah, it's obviously there's a lot of emotion. This is his son, Chris, and uh, he's been outspoken about the fight. But um, obviously, I hope that you know the Eubank family are well. That's the most important thing. And um, yeah, it's just it's difficult to hear. I think at times.
0: Okay, well, listen, Adam, I appreciate your time here at the press conference. And uh, yeah, I think for this week, uh, we need to focus on kind of the matter in hand, which is um, a great event as well as the a, a double header from the O2 this
1: week absolutely you know Ben Shillong and I have, have worked really hard with both our teams at Sky and Boxer to, to, to put this on this has been a long time coming it's a fabulous event um, it's an event that's going to make people sit up and take notice and we're going to get huge eyeballs on it because it's not a box office event it's free to air it's uh, going to be seen by all sorts of a different audience. I think the tickets have been bought by 35% women. I think normally it's 5 or 10% something like that, the, the stats. I think there's more women fighters here in Britain than there's ever been. I think it's, it's wonderful. Ramna Ali reached out to me yesterday and said "Oh, she'd love to bring some of the women from her club and can we get them there? And I think there's great ideas. I think it's fantastic that we're all trying to give something back. But I will say, in, in, in light of what's happened in the last couple of weeks, I, I do feel for everybody involved because you know, broadcasters, promoters, managers, trainers and fighters, Coogan, who are the most important here, now, ultimately none of us would do this without the fighters and they are the ones that have my biggest respect for and my biggest admiration for and it should be about fighters but everybody lost out last week it was a very disappointing um you know turn of events and uh, and let's hope we can all move on and uh, yeah just 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 really gutting and i hope that Boxing's in a, in a good light this week, but I feel for everybody involved because uh, these things are not easy, and uh, you know that, I know that. There's a lot of politics and uh, agendas behind the scene, but ultimately the board made the right decision, and the health and safety of the fighters come first and foremost, and we should always remember that.
0: Adam Smith, thank you very much for your time, and we'll uh, look forward to a great week this week. Thanks, Gugan. Sports Social
1: Podcast Network.